you're not a sucker right. because your woman cheated on you. Right. Right. You're not a you're not a you're not a simp because right. you want your motherfucking marriage right. to work. Right. Welcome, welcome. Yes, What's up, brother? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, glad you could join. Yes. We have with us today DJ Iro, the good brother. Yes, sir. Man, thank you for um, coming to graces with your presence, man. <laughs> the minute the minute we threw up a bat signal, <laughs> I was you were like, I feel that. Listen, listen. I am a fan, man. I'm a fan. What is it about what we doing, man, that you that you actually connect I with? I mean, for me, it's it's always been when you can relate to somebody. And you, and you know how people just talk about um, being able to see yourself, representation and things of that nature. When I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts like most people these days. It's, right. it's a thing, right? But it's like when I seen y'all talk, I was like, yo, they, that's me up there. Like, yeah. they look like brothers are just trying to figure life out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Got a lot of questions. And they just, just having the conversation and flowing. Like, and, you know, I used to, you know, you'd be at your job and you're talking to brothers and, or you'd be at the bar, or you'd be at the barbershop. It felt like that. It felt like genuine conversation. So for me, I was like, I was locked in. Man, I appreciate that, bro. Because um, that's, how, that's how we want people, mm-hmm. I think, to feel. And we also just want to see brothers, man, just talking about shit that I feel like we all be trying to figure right. out, man. Right. And that's one of the things that, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on because um, it ain't a lot of us married, bro. <laughs> it ain't. Right, right. It ain't a lot of us married for five plus years, right, ten right, plus years. Right, right. And um, I wanted to salute you, man, on that in person, like mm. with the lights. And yeah, yeah. I want that visible. I want people <laughs> to see, you like, know, man. a brother with bald head <laughs> and dark skin right, and right. a gray beard right. figuring the shit out, man, yeah, and, and sticking to somebody. That don't mean we perfect, you no, know what I'm saying? Because no that ain't ain't nobody getting on this motherfucker saying no. we are without flaws. Right. But right. we have made a decision right. to do something and we stick through it. Right. And, you know, I think it's important for us to highlight and recognize just how how important that is, mm-hmm. man. And um, G-Rock is another one, man. I tell, yeah. I tell, I tell, I tell G-Rock. <laughs> And his wife, every time I see him, they are my favorite couple, Man, bro. Listen, and I've, I've, I've known G-Rock, I think I've known G-Rock 10 years now. Um, and I've seen, I've, I've been on the journey for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hopefully one day y'all, y'all get him up here. He can tell, yeah, you, yeah. tell you his story, his journey. But I've seen, I, in the t- last 10 years, I've seen the growth yeah. to where they are. And to coming to that point of saying, shoot. I'm I'm looking at y'all now. Yeah. As for 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 advice and as as a, as an example, you know. So we and we all kind of doing this thing, going through this this thing called life together, man. So he's definitely one of the people I look forward to y'all being talking to him. Can't wait, bro, because uh, he's definitely a positive example that should be highlighted. But tell us a little bit about who you are, man. I mean, like I know you from the DJ 
scene, DJ yeah. capacity. Right. Talk talk to us a bit about who you are. Okay. Um, just a laid back brother. One. Okay. Um, um, I was my I was born in D.C. Okay. My family's from from the island of Grenada. Um, they came to the U.S. in 1969, 1970, that migration. Um, and like most West Indians, they ended up in New York City, okay. living in Brooklyn. And a month before I was born, they moved to D.C. That's how I ended up being born in D.C. Grew up right outside of D.C. in Silver Spring, Tacoma Park area. Um, and then just uh, grew up, like, you know, in, in a multicultural environment. You know what I'm saying? So I've always been around different cultures and different, you know, West Indian communities, I have African neighbors, I had Asian neighbors, Latino neighbors, so wow. we, you know, and then I went to school, and then we had a sprinkle of white kids in there, so I had it all, okay. you know, for me, so it, it, it's weird for me to go to different places, I remember I went to, we went to Charlotte, um, um, we went to Charlotte back in like 2008, to like try to relocate and everything, it's a long story to that, but um, I'm gonna stay there like 18 months, but, or not even 18 months, like eight months, rather. And it was weird because I felt, that was the first time I realized, oh, I didn't just come up around just black and white. So when I go to an environment where, mm -hmm. it was, where it's strictly black and white and that's the dynamic, I don't understand it. So it's like I hear people and it's like, now I understand, oh, these people didn't come up around. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's, the, thing, that's the thing that we, take, we may take for granted in, in metropolitan areas like this. And that's how I felt when I came here, dude. When I mm -hmm. was in Kansas City, yeah. like, I grew up in the hood, 99% mm -hmm. right. black. There was a west side mm -hmm. where the uh, Spanish folks lived, mainly. Right. I only, I, you know, my, my level of understanding of all of the different countries mm -hmm. in, you know, um, South America was just really, really small. Right. So. Everybody was Mexican. That's just that right. was just the relationship. Right, right, right. Somebody could have been from Guatemala, Peru, right. El Salvador. Right. I didn't know. Right. Um, so they were just all Mexicans. Mm -hmm. And so coming here, seeing an Ethiopian, seeing mm -hmm. someone from Nigeria, seeing um, someone from like Russia and all of these different areas, it was like a really right. It was mind blowing right. to me that 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 was that places existed mm -hmm. that allowed those kind of cultures to right. inter intertwine and, and mm -hmm. interact with one another. It was, it was amazing. It's one of the reasons why I love it here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and if, I mean, I think ultimately I'm going to end up moving somewhere else, but yeah. um, I'm going to always have a place here. That's right. like, this is, right. this is really home man. now yeah. for the most yeah. part. I mean, and I, I've been here, I've been here all my life. Um, I have family in New York. I have family in, in Toronto. Um, Back in back when I was younger, spent summers in New York City, you know. So it's like that whole Eastern corridor of of culture and all that. It's it's there, you know what I mean. So it's like to to have people that, that don't understand and, and and come and grasp that. Like I said, it was it was it was mind blowing for me. D.C. I think when I was young, I didn't always love it. Mm. Um, being from here, and I think it might be one of those things where it's like when you're from someplace, you don't really appreciate yeah. it. Um, but now it's like understanding the rich history that, that definitely is that's been here from it being chocolate city you know now it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's something it's, else yeah, city. it's like a chocolate vanilla squirrel <laughs> city now but yeah. i mean it's it's still chocolate city it's soy it's almond yeah. it's yeah. soy ice yeah. cream city yeah yeah we've seen it we've seen it you know come go through some changes but it's it's still home 
You uh, you got kids? Yes, I got two kids. They are from my, we was, you know, we was talking early. I've been married all my adult life, so I've been married. And um, my first marriage, I had two kids. They are now 24 and 25. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you cool with going there? We Can we? Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah. You got married at what age? I got married at 21. Okay. And are your parents still together? No. No, they actually, they separated and divorced. I think I was 20, right, right around that time, like right before I got married. So, they, when you, so, so yo, you grew up with your moms and right. pops in the same crib. Right, right. So you had, do you think that was important for you to see? It, it was. Um, you know, it's like I, I realized now growing up as, as an adult, like I think back and I, and I hear people as we you know we're all getting into mental health and trying to examine so forth. And then I realized, I'm like, yo, there, there is a sense that I can't necessarily relate to someone who, or relate to the struggle of someone when they be like, oh, I only grew up with my mother. You know, and I was like, I grew up with both parents. You know, it wasn't always the happiest home, yeah. but I grew up with both parents in the house. You know, I came home and, you know, pops, I'm, if I got in trouble, you know, I had to wait till pops got home. Mm. And, and that would be a thing, you know. So it's like, that, is imp- that was definitely important to see. And I think part of that was, you know, like I said, I've been married, this, I'm, I'm on my second marriage now. You know, p- part of that, getting divorced in the first marriage kind of was a struggle for me mentally because it was like, that was my frame of reference. It was like, you stayed in it until, you know, the kids got older at least, and then, then you went around about your way. So for me, it was really like, oh man, am I, it ha- I had to come to grips with, I had a failed marriage, I'm not a failure. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, because my marriage didn't work out, you know? So that was the thing for me. But, you know, it, it's, I'm, it, um, to go back to the question, original question, yes, I do think it was important for me, you know, and what I saw and, 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 and who I am, because there's a lot of things now that, you know, I, I understand the part of me that's my father. I understand okay. the part of me that's my mother, and I understand how both of them makes me who I am, so. Did you always want to get married when you were young? Because, like, I feel like for us, I'm 40, I'll be 46 this year. How mm-hmm. are you, 47? 48. 48, okay. Yeah. So I feel like for us, our mm-hmm. age range, like getting married that mm-hmm. early wasn't like normal, was it? Or, or was it um, normal in your, in your sphere? It wasn't, I don't know if, it, if I ever looked at it as normal. Okay. Um, and it wasn't something. Common, that, that's probably common, a better yeah, word. Or common, but I think, and it wasn't something that I grew up with, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go get married. Um, I think for me, what happened was, I left home when I was 19, and I was just out here, you know, didn't necessarily know what direction my life was flowing. And I think the group of people that I ended up being around, at I'm 19, they probably were like 22, 23 or something like that. But a lot of them were like getting married. Okay. So I started feeling like, well, you know, you do what what's, 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 what the crew is doing. So I was so. For me, it wasn't like I wouldn't go looking for it, but when I, when I, when the first opportunity, I was like, all right, well, it seems like this is what we do. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? So it's like, so it wasn't, it wasn't a, a foreign concept to me to say, oh no, I'm, I'm not getting married. I hadn't been jaded. I hadn't seen a bunch of bad stuff in marriages, all that. So I was like, oh, okay, we, we, we can't seem like we're on the same page. Okay, cool. So your peer group was getting married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of the things I want to point out with what you just said, 
is we were really motivated to leave the house at an right, early age. Right, right, right. In the 90s. Yeah, bro. yeah. Like, my pops was like, you know, I went through that. My parents were, were, were strict. They were strict West Indian parents. So it was one of those things where, you know, all through junior high, high school, like everybody's getting to the party at 10. I got to be home by 10. Mm. You know, like the old Houdini song. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like I never was, I wasn't able to run the streets like that and all that. So when I started getting to like 17, 18, I was like, listen, man, I'm, like, I'm trying to get with girls. Like you can't right, really, right, you know, right. holler at the girls and you, you know, and all that. And I think my, my girlfriend at the time, she was, she was, she was on, putting it on me like, hey, listen, man, you know, I would like to go out sometimes. Right. It's not always able to, you know, so I'm like, so I'm getting that motivation. So I'm like, I'm coming in the house like now I'm starting to be like, yeah, you know, feeling right. myself. Yeah, yeah. My pops was like, well, listen, you got choices. You know what I mean? You could either live here under my rules or you can go. It is what it is. You can live by my rules. Right. Or <laughs> our rules. Uh, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Right? So, that, so, so at that point, I was like, all right then. So I had no idea what I was going to do. But I was like, all right, I'm out. What did you do? Um, did you have like a regular job or did you do some? No. Okay. No. You doing, okay. Yeah. At the time, at the time, like I said, I probably was just floating, man. Real talk. Um, I had like like I said a little girlfriend at the time, and um, I think she was sneaking me in her house at nighttime, and that lasted about a month, you know. And then that kind of went south, and then I kind of I left us, you know, dealing with that. And then I think I was I dealt I, I was homeless for like about a month, you know. And it's fine and little little at the, at the time in the in the area in the buildings, they, in the bottom of the buildings, they, they were open at the bottom. A lot of places, like they have, they, in the buildings, they would have um, laundry, laundry rooms mm-hmm. and all that. But you could walk through the bottom, and, and I knew about all these buildings. So I was like, okay, nighttime, I'll just go in there and sleep. And then, like, during the day, I go hang out at somebody's house or something like that. But So, and then that turned into um, end up living with roommates and all that. Um, getting, then I was, I think, I, after high school, I did, like, a little community service job, and that gave me some money for, for, um, for college. So I went to like a little community college. So I started out and then I stopped going to community college and I got a real, and then I just got a job. Okay. And then that's when I started making money. So that was probably 19 going into 20. So how long was that, how long was that period of time, man, where you were floating like that? That was probably about six months. Okay. Yeah, probably about six months. And then, like I said, I um, ran into my group of friends, Anthony and Angie and Billy and Yvonne and, and all them and, and uh, they kind of took me under the wing. Like I said, I was like just a young, young, at that time I was skinny, you know, I'm skinny. So they was like <laughs> this little skinny bald headed kid. Something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they took me in and, you know, then uh, they let me hang out with them. And next thing you know, it's like, I was like, all right, well, let me get, cause it, cause it was one of those things like, well, if you just go be around here, you can't just be around here and you ain't, you ain't contributing. Yeah. You know, so I was like, all right, well then let me go get a job. So I got a little job then working in the mail room. No, first I was working. Like I was working in a record store. That's back when they had record stores, right? Working a little record store. Then I worked in a mail room. And then from there, and I was like, oh, okay, I can make some little, at the time, to me, like real money. You know, I didn't have no yeah, money. So, yeah. you know, so that I'm getting a weekly check. They're going to give me a check every two weeks. I started feeling like I was doing something, you know? So when you met your first wife, how long did you know her before y'all got oh, married? Oh, man, listen, we met. Because you got married at what age? 21. Okay. We met in... February, I think we got married maybe, it didn't take too long after that to get married. 
like a couple months. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't long. Um Did you was, have people saying, nah? Nah, you know what? And I always I always joke, I'm like, you know, back then, when you're that age, if whatever people are against is the thing that you do the most. But I didn't have many people saying, nah, 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 don't do that. So it was like, I was like, okay, well, okay, cool. cool. Huh. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It, yeah, we, I mean, it didn't end well, you know, but when we first met, it seemed like, you know, somebody liked me, I liked them, we, we, let's, let's rock out, let's go. So y'all, how long y'all stay married? Stay married, total 13 years. That's, so you meet somebody and two months later, mm -hmm. you get married and mm -hmm. y'all stay married for 13 years. Right, right. And you had two kids. Yeah, two beautiful kids, yep. Boy and a girl? Boy and a girl. My, my son is 24, Messiah, he's 24. And my daughter, Jania, she's 25. So she's the oldest. Yeah, yeah. When you had the baby, oh, so you had you had them, you had your daughter when you like twenty two. I had my daughter at twenty three. My son at twenty four. I was doing the math the other day because my my son is twenty four now and I'm forty eight. And I I put it down on paper. I was like, I'm literally my son and I literally equally half. He's half of my age. Okay. You know that type of thing. So that kind of bugged me out. Yeah. So yeah, I was like. 22 when I had my first, and when I, when I met my, my first wife, she had had a, a, um, a, a daughter from a previous relationship. Okay. So I'm walking in at 21. I go from, again, a few, maybe a year before, just being out here wandering to, bam, now I'm wife, I'm a husband and a father now, already built in. So it's like, and then, when, then we started adding on children to that. And then, you know, throughout that marriage, I'm a father of three. How'd you, how'd you fit into the role in the beginning? For me, it was, I took it on, I took it on. It, like, for me, it felt natural, you okay. know. Um, it didn't, it wasn't like a real heavy thing. And then plus, my ex-wife, she kind of, she embraced the fact that, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a man in the, in the situation. It wasn't like, oh, no, you can't do this. You can't discipline my child or you can't talk to my child or anything like that. So that's one thing I could definitely um, credit her for that, you know, it, it made it easier for me to, to step into the role of a father. You know, and I was always one of those one of those kids that, like I said, my parents were strict and all that. So I spent a lot of time. I may have spent a lot of time alone, and I may have read a lot and stuff like that. So I always fed into that. He's mature for his age. Okay. You know, and I kind of I kind of embraced that. So I was like, okay, this is what we do. You know, I'm a man now. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step into that role, and that and that's that's kind of what how I how I approached it. So, and that was a son. No, she had a daughter. She had a daughter. Yeah. Okay, so when you when you had your when you had your first daughter, what? How did how did being responsible for girls in that way like change your perspective as a man on women, or did it? It didn't really because I mean I came from that '90s era of you know pro blackness and Afrocentricity, so I kind of went through that stage of oh you know women are queens and this that and the other. So when I came into the situation of Okay, you know, have 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 a daughter, you know, and then we had our, our you know biological child together, and it's like at that point it was just like I got a, a house full of women, you know, until mm. my son comes I got a house full of women. So for me it it wasn't it wasn't a complex thing for me. Okay. Because I never really had this negative image of women, you know. 
maybe once I, you know, I got older and started going through relationship, it might have adjusted a little bit. So it's like, okay, every woman ain't a queen. <laughs> you know. But at the time I was like, okay, yeah, I mean women are women are women are, are, are to be respected and in, 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 in acknowledged in that way. How is it different raising boys than girls? Oh man, it's 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 definitely different. Um just because you know what it is to be a to to be a young boy and to be a man and all that, and you know what comes with that. Mm-hmm. So you know, for me, my son, he is. I remember him as 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 a as a small child. Now again, he's growing up in a, in the same household as I'm 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 governing right. with, with all these women. So I know he's he's coming up with a different perspective on life than so he he he's he has his. Setup, but he was always a loving, like a loving child. So and I used to, I remember one day I was looking at him and I said, he's, going, he's growing up in this cold world. And I know there's going to come a day that it's going to hit him that the world ain't, ain't you know, because he always was the type that wanted everybody to love everybody. Like even when, when you know, I was, uh, my relationship with my first wife went south, like I could feel that it really messed with him that he just wanted everybody to get along. Mm. He just wanted everybody to, you know, love everybody. And he's still, to this day, he's, he's kind of still that way. He's, 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 and to, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of, in a way, it, it, it's, it messed with me in, in a way because when we separated, he was seven. My daughter, my daughter was eight. So, and then, the relationship and the divorce was was so ugly that it kind of put a strain on how I fathered. Cause mm-hmm. I went from being the father who was who would come go to work, my wife would go to work, I'd come home, I'd be taking them to practices, she leading practice football practice, I come home, do the homework, so forth and so on. And it's like I remember the day when they left, because they relocated down to Charlotte, and I remember the day they left, I felt like, wow. What am I gonna do with myself? Like at four o'clock, five o'clock, I don't have anybody to go take care of and, and mm. do all that. So that was kind of a because uh, you had that role. Yeah, that was that was kind of the role. So it wasn't like for me, I was a, a involved father. You know, it wasn't so. So when that happened, it's like it was an adjustment period for me. And and then, like I said, the ugliness of the relationship that happened. It, it, it then it got to a point where it's like I'm only seeing them maybe twice a year. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying mm. to call this, that, and the other, but then life gets in the way or me and, me and her are going through it. So then it's like I'm getting in my feelings and so forth. And then it, that, that makes that whole thing. So for me, it's like when I look back on it, I'm like I, I definitely know I, there was things that I, I wish I would have done more. You know, as far as being a, a, a father and, and, and those things. So, that, you know. Like, those, like what, bro? Like when you say you wish it. Uh, I think just things like figuring out a way to, 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 to even despite whatever me and the mother was going through, that I could have still, like, done more. You know, and, may, and some days it's like I look at them like I couldn't have done more. But then it's like you never know. Yeah, you know, you, know, you got like that as, that as that gap, like I uh, maybe. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, I, I maybe not putting so much and I wish I would have sooner gotten to grips with me and, you know, the fights that me and her have. And it's like, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel you. I um have a very close family member who's uh, he's uh going through a divorce and he has a a daughter and a son mm-hmm. and his um his identity's been attached to this father, mm-hmm. to this husband mm-hmm. for so long mm-hmm. and now He's in an apartment. Mm-hmm. He's struggling to try to see his kids. Mm-hmm. He's fucking communicating with the wife through an app because mm-hmm. they've got to track right. what kind of you know dialogue is taking right. is, is going on for the courts. Right. And is and I never really thought about it until the conversation. You saying it, the adjustment period of realizing that this role that you have invested so much of your time and energy in as a man, as a husband, as a right. father, like those are three different things. Yeah. That ain't saying you doing all three perfectly, right. Right. but, but there is an identity that I feel you are attached to mm-hmm. and all three of them that you've got to recalibrate to a degree mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. shit falls apart. Right. And everybody doesn't, do the quote unquote best right. with it, you know? Right. And right. what I hope for him in the conversations that I have is that at least my hope for him is that he can be as loving and as honest with his kids as possible. Right. And, you know, right. it is what it is. If the shit is going, if the shit is going uh, awry, you know, just when they get to the right age, just be like, hey, you know, right. sorry, you know, right. just fall on the floor, right. sore. Right. You can't, you yeah. can't defend right. a lot of the shit because right. they didn't ask to be here. Exactly. You I know mean, what I'm saying? I think that's the part that, you know, when, when you think about it from that perspective, it's like that's the part. If you really have integrity about yourself and, you know, you have any humanity about you, like these children didn't ask to be here, you know, and and so the, the struggles that you go through with the, with the with the partner the the mother the child and all that it's like after the war is over you still gotta figure out how to yeah how to connect you know what i'm saying i mean fortunately right now i mean we're in a good space you know i can definitely definitely say that you know at least from my perspective i feel like you know my, me and my son we're in a good place me and my daughter we're in a good place um and then it just becomes a thing of because now they're at that stage where now they're becoming adults. Yeah. You know, by, the, by their age, I was married and had, had them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whereas now they're in a space where, you know, I can, I can say my daughter, she's, she's gotten her, she's finished, got her master's degree. She's working in education now. My son, he's out here. He's doing good for himself, you know, relatively at this point. So now it's like they're at a different point. They need a, a different relationship with me now. Yeah. You know, so now it's like trying to, instead of, okay, yeah, just calling me when you need money, it's like, okay, when you call me, let me try to, okay, let's sit down and have a conversation. Are they, are either of them married? No, not yet. Not yet. No, no, um, anything in their their relationships and um, all that, but no children, no marriage as of yet. You know, for me, ideally for me, I I, I want them at least wait till 30, (laughs) you know, it's that type of thing. So I joke with them like, let me get to 50 first. Let me get to 50 before I become a grandfather, you know, that type of thing. But no, nah, I mean, like I said, for me, it's 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 a thing of being happy that at least they got to it to this point, 
and I can say, okay, now we can repair that relationship. You know, and, and I, I, I remember the first time I sat down with my father and as an adult, mm. you know, and that conversation was, was different because now I'm like, I'm a man talking to my father as a man and it felt different. I'm not the, I'm not the 19 year old who was like, I want to do this, that, and that. Well, then get out then. All right, yeah. then. Well, I'll show you. And, you know, it's like now it's like, I mean, I'll never forget. I was talking to my father that, that, that first time. And they, I was like, I went through a period where I was, I was angry with you. And then, and then I. You I, told I, him that? Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, and there's a long, long story to it. But um, the way he left my mother, I found out on Thanksgiving of was in 1993 or something like that. So okay. I'm coming back to the house, like thinking it's gonna be Thanksgiving, like we always had Thanksgiving, and I'm not gonna know nobody's there. Well, come to find out, so I go back, you know, go back home, and then I come to find out, talk to my brother lately, he's like, yeah, pops left. Mm. So it was like, and then the story was, you know, my mother came home and he was gone. She came home from work, like she would get home like four o'clock, and like he had moved and you know, that's the story I was given, you know, it was, you know, and, and so, and I'm at, and at that time I'm 20 or something like that. So, you know, and I always think about like people who were younger when their parents separated, my kids, when they, when they were seven and eight when, I, when we separated. Yeah. And I know at night and 20, I was shook up. Yeah. So that kind of also makes me have empathy mm. in those situations, especially like for my kids, so it's like, so when you told when you told your when you had that man conversation with your dad about him bouncing, bro, what did he did he give you a side of the story that was different than what I, you, you were know told? What? I never asked for the side of the story. Okay. Because I was like, at this point it is what it is. Okay. Right? And then especially and that was the part of what I'm saying. When 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 I said to him, you know, I was upset. And then I said, and then Okay, got you. And then he kind of cut me off and he was like, and then you then you got married. And you and you and you experience something different, so you don't know what it's like when you're in it. As a kid, you're looking at it; everything is ideal. Mm. You know, when my kids were younger, everything is idealist to them. So for them, it's like y'all should you should have just figured it out. Figured it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's you, simple. You know what I mean? You don't leave. You 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 and you know. And I don't know. You know the you know the the message, messaging that's that's given is like, oh, you just abandoned and you don't abandon your kids. I'm never. And you know they thinking, oh, I'm gonna get it older. I'm not gonna do it. You know because everybody thinks when they get older they're gonna do it perfectly. And then you get in it and you're like, hmm, it's more complicated than that. And you hope that you do it. And I hope for them that they that they get it right. You know what I'm saying? I I, I always figure that 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 it's going to get right, you know, and, and with the children, you know, when it's your opportunity, that's your opportunity. So have you had those tough conversations with your kids yet? I've had them, but not like fully, you know, those are coming. Like the last time I talked to my, to my son, I said, you know, um, you know, we definitely going, you know, we're, at, we're at an age now. You're at an age and I'm at an age that we both have two different perspectives of life. You know what I'm saying? You're in, you're in this, this, you're in. You're the definition of pop culture right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm half of your age, so it's like. But I'm still, we're still living in the same the same environment. So it's like now the conversation that we're gonna have is not from simply father to son. It's from a 25 year old man to a 48 man, yeah, 48 year old man. And the same with my daughter. You know, she's 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 going through things in in her life that it's like the perspective for her 
as a, as a 25 year old you know woman out here and a black woman in today's society I gotta I gotta understand understand that so it's like I do a lot of listening when I'm when I'm with her or or a lot of question asking yeah you know the things she starts telling me about her life and I'm like okay well you know I want to know from her perspective so it's like I'm at a point where it's like the, the relationship is, it, to me, is, 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 is beautiful in the sense that I can now sit and listen as much as I can give. Do you think you were ever at a point to where you weren't listening? I don't think so. Or they felt judged or like they felt they no, couldn't talk to you? I think, no, I don't think they ever felt like they couldn't talk to me. I think that I think it's just the age that they were. I got you. You know, when you're at a when you're at, you know, when you're going through your teenage years, you know, that's 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 the hardest time for an adult to try to communicate to a child. And I can sit here and tell them all that from my perspective is <laughs> what's going on I'm going through with your mother and this, that and the other, but they don't care nothing about that. Yeah. They just know that, you know, I wasn't there. You know, as, as as much as as much as I could have been. And 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 I can and I can respect that. I gotta respect that. Yeah. You know, I gotta appreciate that. You know, it's and and I'm the type of person I'll take when I really an, analyze it, I can't look at, oh, I just did did everything right. You know, I know that even if I felt like I did everything right, in that child's eyes, all they know is that I live two states away. Yeah. You know, I call, the calls get less. You know what I mean? And, and, and like I said, I can, I can go through, you know, I may have my reasons, but the end result for the child is that's what it is. Yeah. You know. What I think is beautiful about what you're saying, bro, number one, you're saying it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's, let's start right. there with right. just the fucking baseline right. of that. Right. And um, because I think a lot of times our guilt can shut us down mm-hmm. and get defensive, mm-hmm. which can exacerbate mm-hmm. the issue mm-hmm. and make it even worse. Yeah. You know, because, you know, regardless of what I feel like the kids go through, bro, they still, okay, now what? Like, right. that, that's that, that's right. gonna always, right. now what? Right. Nigga wasn't there. Right. Now what? Right. Right. You felt like he abandoned you. Now what? Right. He, you know, he wasn't what you wanted him to be. Right. Now what? Right. And and the fact that you are creating a space and have the uh, the perspective to be open to listen mm-hmm. when they do try to answer that question because it's probably gonna be something that they are gonna have to figure out like right. now what like I don't know I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna be in my motherfucking feelings for a while right. I'm gonna lash right. out here right. and there or whatever right. but you know right. you've already you you started you entered into the space acknowledging something mm-hmm. and understanding that it's going to be this. And right. so for a while, it's going to they're going to be shadow boxing. It's right. like, hey, I ain't here to fight. I'm here to right. repair. I'm right. here to exactly. clear exactly. up. And so exactly. what to whatever degree mm-hmm. you're willing to invest in that, I'm here, you know, and, and even more than that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that's. I had these thoughts in my mind about my mom not being certain things. You spend the whole 40s, bro, like mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point to where it's like, now what? Right. Like, now what? Like right. all this shit I'm holding on to. Right. And they, I'm telling you, as a dude who got issues with their mama mm-hmm. 
Ain't nothing worse than a motherfucker showing up like that in relationships mm-hmm. with women. Right. Ain't nothing worse right. for a woman mm-hmm. than to have daddy issues mm-hmm. showing up in relationships with dudes. Right. And so the dude you gonna meet is gonna be cool up to a certain degree. Right. But a lot of what we asking these people to, mm-hmm. to, to, to help us with, they not responsible for. Like right. you gotta go to that man, you gotta right. go to that daddy, you gotta go to that mama and be right. like, okay, let's have this motherfucking conversation. Right. Right. And you know, see, See what parts are uncomfortable. Right. See what I can heal from it. But exactly. no, I mean, but this is this is the this is the time. It's like it's another. This is another portion of the life or the age range that I'm excited about. You know, mm. because like I said, now that they are becoming adults, now I can really have a comment. They're starting to have their own life experiences. You know, they're going to their own relationships. You know whether they good or bad, how they how they flow and all that. It's like now we can start to talk. Yeah. You know. Because they know. Like, yeah. it's a different... It's a, and yeah. then when they start having their kids, because, right. like, whatever perfect is, they're not yeah. going to be that. Right. You know, so right. they're going... Like, like you said with your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's... um. Thank you for sharing that, dude, because, you know, like, niggas always want to get on something and talk about how perfect mm-hmm. shit is. Right. And you know right. it ain't, bro. Right. But right. that's... Right. But right. it is that. But it is perfect too. I mean, I, I don't. I think I'm getting at a point to where I'm, I'm accepting both sides. Mm-hmm. Like they, like that's kind of like what makes right the shit beautiful. Right. That's what makes it perfect. Right. Not that it's perfect. Right. But that you're accepting right both sides. Of yeah. The imperfection. This perfection within the imperfection. Yeah. You know thank you. Mean? And it's 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 um, I like the stories, and 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 the and talking to people who didn't get it right or that aren't, are, aren't scared to share that they didn't get it right, you know, because the reality is that that helps, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a, a lot of us we going through and you may think I'm the worst. You know what I mean? You, 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 you get enough of the messaging that you, you think, feel like it's you, you think and it's you, you by yourself. Right. Yeah. So when you can, it's like anything. When you can feel and hear that somebody else is going through what you're going through, like, I, it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it it's not just. It's just like, like I, I was, I was joking with somebody the other day, and I was telling them like, I don't, you know, the age I'm at now, you know, we starting to get, you know, it's not our metabolism is different, so we not just <laughs> able to just get up and, <laughs> yeah. and eat anything and still not, you know, not gain weight. No. So it's like when we see people getting online and. They they doing they advertising that they they can they can get you know they could be your your coach and this that and the other like I want to see somebody that I want to see a twenty something year old with a six pack because I'm like nah bro yeah nah I know what it was like to be twenty five I didn't have the same struggle at forty eight yeah give me somebody that, yeah. that, that that's, that's going through a struggle on that on that thing and we can get there because now I can relate I understand that one hundred percent because it it can. The images that it projects can make you feel like it's just you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with the with the with the second wife, first one, you've been married now for for fourteen years. Fourteen years. Yeah. 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 What did you learn through the first marriage that has helped you sustain the second one? Hmm. Um, shoot. I don't know necessarily know if it's that I learned anything. I think I was just going through a point of evolution that, 
you know, I'm 21 when I first get when I first married the first wife. I'm 30, 30 something when I when I meet and into that relationship and, and start and getting married. I'm probably yeah, I'm like 34 at that point. So I almost feel like I was in a I was at a stage that I was ready at that point. Okay. You know, I was more mature. You know, because who you are at 21 is not who you are at 25. Not at all. Who you are at 28. Who you are. So you continuously are starting to become somebody else and mature. And, and so I think by the time I was 34, I was like, this is the time for me personally. Now everybody has their own journey. Yeah. But for me, that I was ready to get married. So that, you know, even when we hit, we hit the struggles, it's like I'm not headed for the hills. I'm not on some, okay, I'm selfish. I got I to gotta think of think of it beyond myself you know what I mean so so from your perspective it's more it's, it's more you than it is the, the woman you feel yeah I think it I think it I think it it begins with with me and then I look at the woman you know because I just, and I think for me, it's, it's you got to look at yourself first before you look at your partner, not necessarily in relation to man or woman, anything like that. I think is that everybody has to look at themselves first, you know, as, okay, what is it that I'm not doing or what is it that, that I'm contributing to this issue, you know, or issues that we're having, you know. And I think if everybody can say, okay, we all playing a role in this movie, let's figure out what it is that we need to get it right together, then you got a chance. But the moment that you're on it like, oh, it's you. It ain't me. You know, everything about me is good. If you just act right, we can, we'd be all right. You know. So for me, that's that's the mentality that I take. It's like, yeah, I, I'm I'm yes, I'm human and I and and I do have, you know, I'm like I have ego and all that. So it's mm -hmm. like there are times where I'm like, yeah, if you just get it right, but then it's like I do I always come back to, okay, what is it that I'm doing that I'm not getting what it is that, I, that I'm, I need, that I'm trying to get out of this. So that sounds like something I guess you, you learn, right? I mean, or, or, so we can be stubborn, right? And yeah. just like, yeah, this is just what it is. Right. But, right. and maybe through that first one, there was more of that, maybe? Mm. I think for me, it was, I just think I wasn't ready. Okay. I wasn't ready. I shouldn't have been anybody's husband at, at 21. You know what I mean? I think I was trying to, to uh, bite off more than I could chew, thinking, oh, I could do this. You know what I mean? Everybody else around me doing it. Why, why can't I? You know what I mean? But it's like, well, like I said, once you get older, you start, you start realizing, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I ain't built for this. What is it that you felt, because I'm curious, because I have an idea or something I kind of like learned in myself at the time when I did it. Like, what do you, what do you feel you realize marriage is now that you didn't realize it was back then? Um, I think it's, you know, it's, I think it's understanding all the dynamics that a marriage is. Marriage is, see, I think when I was 21, I was in the, um, what is it, the hopeless romantic perspective. Like, oh, love is going to conquer all. 
you know, that type of thing. And now it's like, I understand, okay, there's love. I understand marriage is a business. You know, I understand that, that you know, it's two people that come from two different backgrounds that are trying to balance off each other, you know, and, and get through this thing called life together. So it's that partnership, you know, and so you have to understand where the other person's come from. It's not all about you, mm-hmm. you know, it's not all about, okay, well, I ain't getting what I want, I'm out. You know, it's like, you gotta get through all this, the, go through the, the trials, tribulations, and travels and, and say, okay, I remember where, where it wasn't good now because we took the steps to rectify it, it got good and we fixed it, you know? And, it, and I think it's, for me, it's, it's understanding that if you have somebody that wants to work with you too, that's on the other side, that's trying to do the work too, then you got a chance, Yeah, you know what I mean? Cause this, this it, they say 50, what is it, 50, over 50% of marriages fail, mm-hmm. right? So it means you got a 50-50 shot. It's, you just gotta, if you ain't got the right person, it ain't, it ain't gonna work. Did your um, did the situation that you that was going on with your kids negatively impact like your marriage at the time? It did to a degree um, because I'm trying to establish this relationship at the same time that I'm trying to physically, you know, or not physically, but legally in this divorce you know so it's like you gotta you gotta deal with that and it's like i'm trying to she's trying to figure out you know where, where i'm at you know are you gonna go back to to the situation or mm. is this really me and you what is so i meet her at that point in life and it's like i'm trying to be like okay yeah i'm trying to end this i'm trying to end this i'm trying to you know incorporate her into, into, you know, introduce her to the kids, kids to her. I got, you know, children's mother. She's not, she's not feeling that dynamic. So then that becomes an element, you know, and it's like, I've been in her, I've been in my, in my current wife's shoes being a step parent Mm. and understanding, you know, what goes into that and understanding. So it's like when she's not able to experience what I was with someone who said, okay, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you can have access to the kids. You can be an influence in the kid's life. You can play a part in the kid's life. Now she's got this entity that's now they're warring. That puts a strain on our relationship. You know, so that definitely took, it, took its toll in the beginning. Um, we, uh, we got through it. You know, it took, it took, it took, it took, some, took some, some prayer and some, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, yeah. some, some, some gut gut-wrenching, you know, nights, but yeah, we got the I love it, man. I love it. it the, I don't know what the average person's idea of a marriage is, but I think that there's all we see are like these small moments mm-hmm. or, or snippets, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. and not realizing that there's a whole fucking engine. Right of energy and love right. and disappointment right. and, and right. doubt right. that fuels this thing mm-hmm. that has to have the right mixture yeah. of different shit yeah. to just be like, cause it's, and that's the piece of it that I think we forget. It's more of a romanticized concept of what this shit mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And when, when it's not what we feel it is in our head, when reality doesn't match, right. we feel like, Right. It's wrong, right? And right. it's and, and I don't think enough people 
for whatever reason, tell their story about the challenges. Mm -hmm. Because the only people who do want to tell it are the people who are quote unquote good. It's one yeah. of the things I think I fuck with Will Smith heavy on, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like you can say what you want to about yeah. that brother. He do a lot of shit wrong. Mm -hmm. A lot of, of their shit is sideways. Right, right. But I like what he says when he gets on. He says for good or bad. Like that's I, it. I fuck with that. That's it. You not a sucker, right? Because your woman cheated on you, right? Right. You not a you not a you not a simp because right. you want your motherfucking marriage right. to work, right? We get, we get into this, you know, especially now today. It seems like there's that that space on on the internet and and, and YouTube and all that where everybody has the answers. You know, and, and you know, and, and you have the, you know, the, um, the alpha males, you know, perspective. It's like, oh, this is how you should be doing this. How you, if your woman do this, you supposed to put her in line. And, yeah. You know, your woman cheat on you. Uh, you yeah. do this, and you're a simp, and you're this, and it's that, and it's like, listen, man, listen. If you if you are in a, any real relationship of any consequence of any time, all that shit is bullshit. Bullshit. All of it's bullshit. And when you think about it. When you think about it, the most manly motherfucking thing you can do is to not allow your emotions and actions to be dictated by an outside force. Exactly. If you really want to get on some man shit, exactly. focus on some shit, be committed to some shit. Like, I'm not going to cheat on you because you cheated on me. Right. Right. Because I don't cheat on people. Mm -hmm. I'm not reacting to some shit that's outside of me. Mm -hmm. I'm said, I said I'm going to be faithful. Right. So I said I'm going to do this. So I'm going to do that. Now, I don't mean I'm going to let you just, right. you know, there's a, there, there's a, there's, right. there's a, exactly. there's an asterisk to right. all of this right. shit, right? right. I want right. to make sure that I'm right. clear. Right. But at the end of the day, I feel like too many of us are allowing our circumstances to dictate our actions as opposed to just standing firm on who we are. Mm -hmm. Regardless of that, mm -hmm. like, no, it, motherfucker, if, if you're not gay, you're not gay. You don't wait till you go to jail right, right. to start fucking around with dudes because right. ain't no women around. Exactly. Now, I ain't saying it, but, but <laughs> you, you can't let your environment <laughs> dictate what you do, basically, is what That's I'm trying to That's a whole other conversation there. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, as far as, like, the, the relationship thing, like you said, as far as, like, if you get cheated on, you know, a lot of people, oh, you get, and, you know, because especially us, us as men, right? We say, oh, she, we get cheated on, I'm out. You don't know what you're going to do until the situation happens. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, you also have to look at and say, majority of the time, karma is what's biting your ass. Yeah. So, you know, you know, you was out there doing, doing dumb shit, doing dirty, and now the, shit, the, the, the chickens them came home to roost and yeah. knocked on your door. And if you're mature enough, you got to say, okay, let me, let me really look at this for what it is. And let me look at the woman who I got. Now, yeah, if you got a, a woman who just a thot and she for the streets, yeah. she for the streets. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you know you don't put this woman through all the bullshit and she got to her breaking point, at some point you got to be like, listen. <laughs> now, mind you, what if you put another woman through the bullshit? Let's say, let's say you doing right by that woman. Mm -hmm. You fucked over Keisha, mm -hmm. Angela, and mm -hmm. Renee. Mm -hmm. That shit gonna come knocking on your door, even but, if. But but Justine, 
You treating fine. Listen. But Justine fuck around on you. You still got to pay. You still got to pay. But them listen, three. Listen, I mean, I'm not the most, I don't know all the spiritual and all the, all this, that, and the other, but the shit makes sense to me. Karma, <laughs> at some point, the universe, it pays back. It got, you and got, I, you and it ain't going, it, it don't have to always be from who. Exactly. I, like, you see, because you see the shit all the time. You go, you see on TV, like somebody, White lady calls somebody nigga and then they run off and they get hit by a right, car. Right, like, right. It ain't that cut and dry all the time. It ain't that cut. Nah, and, 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 nah. and that and that uh, and that repayment ain't always that close. Right. Sometimes right. that shit and you just gotta chalk it up as mm-hmm. okay. So right. I did somebody like that. Right. You know, if right. you really honest. But you gotta be in tune with that. You gotta be in tune to be like, you know what? See, if you walking through your life and you and you ain't that mentally well adjusted and, and, and can think about all those things from all those different angles, you're not going to get it. Yeah, you're not going to get it. You have to really because I, I think about I'm a type of person. I, I'm, I grew up. I have a brother, older brother, but I kind of always joke and say I, I kind of grew up alone because he was five years older than me. So okay. he was always running with his friends. And, he, you know, so at, in those years I was in the house. Right. You know, strict parents. That's a big difference. You know what I mean? So it's like. I, I sit around, I think a lot about stuff. And to this day, I'm the same way. Like, I think about stuff from just life and just different angles and mm-hmm. understanding. Like, no, nah, this shit, that's, that's how karma work. Like, yeah. you know, it really is. You, you, you can't do all this, all this fuck shit for all these years and, it just, and just get away scot clean. You can't, man. It never happens like that. You and know, you almost got to embrace it, I think. Yeah, and you, nev- and, and you never know how it's going to happen. You never know when, when it's going to come. You know, it may come one day you driving down, down, down the street and your fucking wheel fall off your truck. <laughs> just, that's just it's like, fuck it. This is, gonna, this is how it's going to happen. Because we, we got to accept both sides. Yeah. Like when you hit the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. We, sat, we call that God. We call it blessings. We call right. that blessings. It, right, right. <laughs> but, but, right. But if you try to get in your car. Right. To start it to go somewhere, right? Is that not a blessing? Because hey. like, what if you great hey. get hit? Like, right. all of it is based on right. what your right. awareness is of what's taking right. place, right? And our and our purview of awareness is so narrow, mm-hmm. we can't see it all, right? But that don't mean shit ain't working outside of that's it. it. Like, there's a there's a hand, yeah. There's an yeah. intelligence that's yeah. that's governing all yeah. of this it, shit, and it comes in like I said, it comes in different ways. It can come in the form of you know, not not in a relationship where somebody's cheating on you. It may come in the form of, you know, your business interests just ain't mm-hmm. working out. You know, whatever. But it's it's going to come in some form or fashion. But you have to be in mentally, emotionally intelligent enough to be like, all right, I understand. I understand what's happening. You know, because it's not just, okay, it happened. It's like you have to be look at it and be like, I understand. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I understand. Yeah. And that takes maturity. Yeah. Because it's the it's the immature person that's just like, nah, you cheated on me. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, if you just got a woman for the streets, you got a woman for the streets. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I advise you. You gotta be out. But if you really know the relationship that you got, and like you said, if it's a situation where it's, you may not have never cheated on this woman, but you know the fuck shit you did years yeah. ago to 20 other women, it's like, you know what? I've been, I've been in them, I've been in that shoes, in those shoes of the person mm-hmm. who cheated and did the grimy shit. Let me sit down and talk to this woman and say, okay, what, what happened? And then you might find and out. And have an honest conversation. And have an honest conversation and be ready to hear shit that you aren't ready to hear. That's the tough part, bro. You know? That's the tough part. Is it that you wasn't giving enough time? Is it that 
you wasn't having sex with her as much as 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 as, as she as she wanted, you know, as you should have been. Mm-hmm. And at some point, she got a breaking point too. She she wants sex too. You know what I mean? So you have to understand that and come to grips with that and say, okay, and be mature enough. That take and that, that word maturity, I keep coming back to. It does. It takes maturity. And a lot of people aren't that evolved and mature to, to be in that space. Are you a, uh, what's your communication skills like in your marriage? <sighs> Listen, some days it's, it's great. Okay. It's amazing. And some days it's shit. That's you good know? though. Yeah. You ask the average nigga, he's going to yeah. be like, I suck. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the fact that you... Yeah. I mean, for me, I always feel like, you know, when even going back to, to just dating women, I've always felt like communication, to be able to communicate with a woman is, is key. You know, I never, never had much money, never was tall, wasn't the good, most best-looking person in the world, so my only game was my conversation. Yeah. My ability to communicate. Okay. So... You know, I used to always trip, you know, women like, you know, it's just something about you. I don't know what it is. It's, you know, I don't have these, com- I can't have conversation with dudes. And I was like, what are you talking about? Isn't that what part of, I thought it was, that's how everybody was communicating. Now, let me be clear on communication. Mm-hmm. I ain't talking about just, it's sunny outside. No, 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 no. I get, I get you. I get you. Feelings. No, yeah, no. Okay. No, no, we going, yeah, because, <laughs> listen, no, I definitely understand that uh, because, that communication level that you have to have to really sit down and talk to your woman and, and, and y'all talk about things, especially when y'all been through some ugly things, that's important. And, that, and, that's, and that's a, that's, there's an art to that communication. It's not just we sitting down talking, like you said. You did know. you always have that ability, no. though, or did you? No, I think um, I may have always had a desire for it, but I don't think I've, I've gotten to that point. I got to that point in this marriage, you know. I think it's because I've been going to, we, we, we've been, I've gone through marriage counseling, both of my marriage. Um, and you realize after a while, they all these counselors are telling you the same thing. They just telling to you different ways. They give you the same tools. They just telling to you the different ways. Yeah. Right. And it's like, once you, and I, and we met a counselor, that really had an impact on us, and we were like, okay, let's let's implement these tools. Mm. Let me let me let me listen. You know, let me acknowledge what you're saying. Let me validate what you're saying. You know, let me let you know what I heard you say was, you know, and this is how it made you feel. You know, and once a person, because one of the biggest things is a person, we all innately want to be heard. Yeah. You know, we want to be appreciated. We want to be heard. We want to be valued. Right. And so if, if you're if you're giving that effort in the conversation. That person feels safe enough mm-hmm. to communicate to con- and then you can start building communication that's and, and connection that's going to foster that type of necessary, you know, communication that, that can get you all from point A to point B. Yeah. And you can start to resolve things. Right. Because any type, any type of situation that has been, you know, be it in history or whatever, it's when people went to a room, talked about it, they came out, two people walked in, they hate each other, they come out, they coming out in front of the cameras, they yeah. like, yeah, we talked about it, everything's cool, it's straight. Yeah. Now, yeah, that's part of that's for the cameras, but the lesson is, ain't nothing that, unless, ain't nobody killed nobody, mm-hmm. ain't nobody stole the money from nobody, there's something that we should be able to resolve situation. There's people that, 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 that have been able to resolve situations for less. 
for more than what we dealing with, rather. You know, so if those people can resolve with the situation and all you need me to do is to figure out and listen to hear where you're coming from, why, you, why, why, that's a tr why your triggers are what you are, all that, then, then you open yourself up to have the ability to have those type of conversations. And that's something I learned. I think I've, I've, I've learned it a long time ago, but I, I'm understanding it. Yeah. I'm getting it now. It's starting to click in. You know, and like I said, some days we get it right, some days we don't. I was having a conversation with uh, Brody. Mm -hmm. And we, there's two steps to this shit. Mm -hmm. The first step is getting the tools. Right. And being able to use them is a totally different motherfucking thing. Yes. Most of this shit to the point you're saying, we know. Like it's it's up here though. Yeah. It it hasn't it hasn't made its way down. Right. It hasn't integrated itself in a way that makes that that causes us to actually implement mm -hmm. it and use it. Right. Because we're being triggered by so many other things mm -hmm. that we don't realize that that is that's really the biggest issue. Because right. we have the shit that we need to right. do. Right. Um. We. I'm sorry. We have the we have the tools to implement. I'm sorry. The tools to accomplish the task to clear the shit out of the way so that you can be mm -hmm. having understanding. But when my motherfucking button is pushed, mm -hmm. all that shit's off. Yes. And that yes. button can be an right. emotional reaction. Right. It could be, you know, the way you look, it could be not getting something that I want, right. whatever it is. Right. It, it starts clouding everything. Right. And you got to figure, you got to learn how to manage that. Right. First. Right. Right. Cause right. just getting the tool. Right. Right is half of it. Maybe, right. and I don't even think, honestly, that's the most important half. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the most important one is. Well, I but. think, it's, I think it's, it's understanding how to use the tools and the reason behind using the tools, mm. right? Because it's like, like I've just been getting lately into, into, into chess again, right? Okay. There's, there is knowing how to play chess and there's understanding the strategy behind chess. I learned how to play chess when I was nine. I know how to move the pieces around. Okay. But when you understand, okay, opening, you know what I'm saying, and how you control the middle of the board and what moves are the sacrifice for this and that and the other, and you, now you can start to set the game up. It's a completely different game. It's a beautiful game. Mm. When you can understand, yes, you've been given tools, then it goes differently from just, okay, I heard you say this. Okay, and I, f I understand that where you're coming from, and I meant, and I apologize, I never meant to, for that to be the case. To okay, I, I heard you say this, and then I go through all that, and then then I then I then I acknowledge, and okay, did I get that correctly? And you get get the opportunity to correct me, and mm -hmm. then we get into a deeper conversation beyond that. Into when you start talking about triggers, okay, why was that trick a trigger for you? Where did that first start for you? When was the first time you? Had, yeah. And now we start. Now we start counseling each other. <laughs> and they say, you know what she gonna say? I don't know, pussy. I just know right. I was triggered. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> now. <laughs> right. Right. And, and because you, she triggered. And you gotta go through all them days. Because she. And so it, it may take you. It may take you. A month, a year of those type of conversations, and then a year later, you can have that same conversation. Next thing you know, you start going back. She starts remembering. Oh, okay. And when I was 10, mm -hmm. XYZ happened to me. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I felt like that. And this is similar to what I've been feeling in these situations. Now you've advanced it. But you know what, bro? Sorry to, 
that is the piece that I don't think people understand. Mm -hmm. What people, what I think the average motherfucker is looking for is to be like, okay, when did that first go back to you? Tell me when that first happened. Mm -hmm. And if their spouse or their significant other doesn't say, oh, I think that happened to me when I was seven years old. Right. And like, it, it, it all has to fit perfectly mm -hmm. in the scenario in order for people to think that that's like, in order for people to think that it's worthy of pursuing or continuing. Mm -hmm. Because to your point, you're going to have to have several conversations mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. that might last a year, right. might last a year and a half. Right. But when you're committed through a marriage, mm -hmm. that's, what that's what you've signed up for. Exactly. So we'll be like, oh, I talked to you last week. I tried mm -hmm. to say something to you last week. Mm -hmm. I tried to have a conversation. Right. And because you aren't ready doesn't mean you don't want to do the work. Right. And it's like... right. Right, because there's 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 a, a phase of the whole going to therapy or just trying to work your conversation out is that ego takes place as in I'm wrong, you just need to get right. Yeah. So everything in that conversation <laughs> ain't going nowhere. Nope. Because we're both on and and then, and then I get in my feelings, then I'm like now now it's counterpoint to counterpoint. We're listening not to hear what the other one's saying, we're listening to agree or disagree. Yeah. Right. To show the person. So now it becomes a competition of wills. Yeah. So, and, and next thing you know, y'all sleeping in different rooms, mm -hmm. you know, or y'all, y'all, y'all texting other people or whatever the case, whatever the fallout is from that. And then, like I said, or else you get to a point where you, you keep banging on it and keep having those conversations, keep having those conversations, go through the ugly times, go through the ugly days. And then this it's, it's like, it's like DJing, right? You, you, you go, when we was learning to DJ, we sucked for a long time. Long time, bro. We kept at it. We figured it out. And then one day we, we were like, oh shit. I can do that. This is working. And you don't remember the switch. <laughs> you don't even remember the switch. You're like, oh shit, my, I'm, I'm effortlessly doing it. I'm, I'm actually good out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what happens. You, you get to a point where you start having those conversations and you have a breakthrough in a conversation. Like, oh shit, it's happening. It's happening. I'm, I'm, now this was now we moving we moving the thing and and I, I think it's easier said than done and it's and it's yeah. and it's not even like there's a, a a great insight to say okay this is how you got to do it all I know is that you gotta keep at it you know and, and be think, committed to it and be determined and that's marriage and that's marriage that's marriage that's and that's that's marriage that's any, most of the things in life they all kind of follow the same pattern. If you're trying to learn a skill, if you're trying to lose weight, as you know, we talk about getting older, we, you're trying to lose lose weight and trying to, you know, whatever, you're trying to get an education. It's that's that's it's, it follows the same course. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're failing at it, it usually is because you didn't take the time to put in what you needed to put into it. You know, and you didn't put it into it. Like when you know, when kids would come, oh, the teacher don't like me. Like then you then you're like, really? Like, come on, teachers ain't been liking kids since the beginning of time. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's yeah, not, it's not, it's not yeah. the point. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, man, there's some situations, yeah, the kids, the teachers needs to be addressed, needs to be addressed. But point being, most of the things in life, man, is, is, is what you put into it. Most of the failings that I got in, li in my life is because I didn't put, in it to it, put anything into it or enough of what I needed to put into it. And I, got, and I acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have been way further, you know, in my life than what I am. But I got to acknowledge that. You know what? I was half-assing. I was bojangling when I was 
when I was a teenager. I remember I was, um, I always think about it now because I drive by this church, you know, here and there when I go around my mother's house. Um, as a church I passed by, and I always remember that church because I remember there was a white lady. I was like 19, 20 years old. And in high school, anybody who knew me, I was always kind of like the, the pro-black kid, they, you know, the little Malcolm X kid in, in, the, in the school. Back, mm. you know, back in the 90s, I had, we all had the, like the black medallions. I was, yeah, the you, know, you, saw the, you saw the picture that, that I posted the other day? Which um, one? The one, the one of me in high school with the with the hot top fade. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that was on. I was on that type of time. So it's like you were skinny, bro. Yeah, I was skinny. I was skinny, man. And I and, the, and it, it trips me out to this day. Like I'm like, yo, I was like, it was one of the people that you look like, like yo, concerned, like yo. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean like you big now, but like right, it was right, like it was almost right, like some right, right. Yeah, but, but you know, like I said, going back to that church. Um, it was a white lady. I don't remember all the circumstances around it, but I remember she. They were having like a, a, a panel discussion, and she she brought me to the church to be on the panel. Like, and I always say to myself, like, in this, and it was like talking about like youth violence or something like that. But I'm like 19, 20 at the time, and like I think back to that time, and I'm like, yo, I really could have been like a voice out here, and not knowing like man, I could whether it be politics or community leader or something like that. But I, there was a trajectory I was on, and then I got the Bojangling in life. Mm-hmm. I gotta understand it. That, that's that, that's because of the choices and decisions I knew. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that's that's what it is. I think a lot of times we look at things and, and, and we we can point to the failures and why they didn't work, and sometimes it's just looking in the mirror. And yep, and then yeah, just looking in the mirror. So what have you learned most about yourself? through marriage? That I got an ego. You got an ego? Yeah. Yeah. Because I always, always am one of them people, like, I feel like, I can get along with anybody. Everybody, everybody's better to get along with me. I don't, I don't have, you know, I'll I, I, I meet anybody where they, where they are. And then it's like, nah, there's some days that I'm, I'm like, nah, bro. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not budging. I'm not budging. What do you think that's about? I think that's going through life and feeling like because I wasn't always the most boisterous person or the most forceful person, feeling like I I got taken advantage of. Looking back on my life and feeling like I may have gotten taken advantage of in situations and feeling like I'm not going to let that happen again. You know? So it's like I'm... I'm fighting that now and fighting battles that aren't needed to be fought or fighting and not getting to that, being in a position where, where I used to be like, all right, then, you got it. I'm not going to argue with you. To the point where I'm like, no, nah, I'm arguing with you. Mm. We're going to leave this argument. I'm going to go back. Go, I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to take my notes. I'm going to come back. We're going to have this because <laughs> I'm going to show you that I, and then it's like, then I start like, what are we doing? Yeah. That's not even you. Like, a lot of energy. It's not, that's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. And I'm the type of person, I guess, like we said, I'm, I'm laid back. I'm not really into all that conflict and, and fighting. That I fight the fight that needs to be fought. But to me, it's like every fought, it's like 48, what was it, 48 laws of power? And one of them is like, the, you extend, the, the, the further you extend into the battle is the more you're going to lose. Mm. It don't even matter. It don't even matter that, 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 that any, anything you gain at that point is, is really a loss. 
because you wasted so much energy, time, and all that. What did you call? What did it cost you? What did to it get cost it? you to get to get that? You know what I'm saying? And I don't think that's what a lot of we we just like. Oh, I just wanna I wanna win. Yeah. You know, I gotta have the upper hand. I gotta get. And it's like for me, like I said, yeah. I I don't know if the ego's always been there or something that now has crept crept in in this in this last say, you know. 10 years that where it's like, okay, I got this thing. Now I'm battling that ego to say, okay, I don't want, I don't, I'm good. I don't need you. So what is, so if you could, cause what I heard you, even though you used the word ego, what I heard you describe was insecurity. Mm. So is that, would that be, is that? I would say, yeah, there's, there's some definite insecurity there. And cause I think, like I put a post up one day and I was talking about how I'm a, I've, I'm an introverted extrovert, mm. and I feel like I've become in, I've become more introverted as I got older. Like when I was younger, I was more like trying to come in and be the life of the party and this that and the other. Now it's like I'm laid back and more reserved. And I think I definitely got to a point where I'm looking and I'm like, you know, these people aren't, they're better than me at this or. They're more advanced than me. Than was. my voice is, isn't 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 as 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 you know as magnanimous as theirs and all that. So it's like uh, yeah, there's definitely insecurity to a degree. Because when you, so, and the reason why I say that because you you referenced the piece where you said uh, defend mm-hmm. and creating adversaries in wars mm-hmm. and every and, and and I do the same thing mm-hmm. but when I moved all of the shit out of the way mm-hmm. it was just that I was scared about something or yeah. I thought or there was something in me that was vulnerable Mm -hmm. that I felt I needed to defend Mm -hmm. and a part of where I feel like a part of what I feel like I've gotten really motherfucking good at bro which has helped me is just letting go Mm -hmm. like feeling the feeling Mm -hmm. feeling the the attack Mm -hmm. quote unquote Mm -hmm. acknowledging oh okay and then just letting it go. Right. And then just feeling it and then just letting it go. Because the minute I hold on to it, mm-hmm. now I got something. Now I got something I can focus on right. to fucking beef with. Right. And right. it's and, and I can always mm-hmm. hold on to something mm-hmm. to motherfucking beef with when right. I can really just let it go. Let it go. Right. Because there's an insecurity in me that always feels like I need to defend. Especially when it comes to some women shit, mm. like for some dude shit, unless it's like vibrato, mm-hmm. like when we like when we like flaring up, right. then I feel like it. Right. But and it's crazy as I'm saying it now. Sorry, I feel like I'm mm-hmm. getting a little long with it. I feel like I have to defend more verbally mm-hmm. with women mm. in the past. So like a dude, we just talking, right? right. But right. if Physical, like if I start feeling like the energy right, shift, right? Then right. we gotta, then right. then right. I'm meeting. That. It's always that element. But with the women, yeah, with words, 
I feel like I need to defend. Listen, in this thing, especially in this day and age, this past you know two years, I feel like there's been this um, growth in argument between the sexes, and then men are really leading the charge of, oh, we're we're gonna defend this, that, and the other. And I feel like that's a, that's a loose loose situation because I feel like we're putting a lot of energy into defending in these interactions with women, like you said, I've always un- been under understanding with a man, we're going we gonna to talk to, to, to a certain point, then... Because there's a physical cost associated. We're we going to do two things. We're going to walk away, or we're going to get to it. Yeah. And to me, it's like that energy, when you're in that, where we're in that space, we are you women, that's where I think the frustration comes. Because especially if you're a dude, it's like, I'm not going to be physical with a woman. Right. But it's like, where's that energy go? Where's it? Yeah. You know, so then you got to put that more into, okay, now I got to go back and get my, get my strategy together to come back to ver- fight <laughs> yeah, the thing yeah. verbally. Yeah. Because I don't. Because you can't just. Just can't. We just can't go get physical. <laughs> yeah. Right. If, if, if you, if you, if you in, in your right mind as a man, you're like, I'm not yeah. going to do that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I think, and I think because I'm a laid back person and a lot. Like my first marriage and, and this marriage, um, both women have been type A personalities, mm. right? So it's always kind of like, at some point, I, can't, I can only be calm but so long because, you know. A type A woman. Yeah. But you, but you st- dude, that's <laughs> a hell of a teacher. Right. That, that, so that, you signed up for a class. Right. Right. Who's teacher. Right. Like, that's what, that's how they teach. Yeah. 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 You know, I like type A's though. I can't be with a, I don't, like I always joke with my wife and I always say, you know, cause we always joke about, you know, she'll go to the bar or whatever. And you know, some dude will be in there and be like, I like your fire, you know, cause she's real fiery. And, and, and cause I used to, these old jokes, yeah, they like that fire till it's on their ass. You know, it's all good in games until that shit is on. Now, now that same shit to make you laugh, make you cry. So let me ask you, why'd you, you, you married two type A's? Yeah. What would, how'd you do that? Listen, don't follow me. I'm lost. Like the <laughs> state, right? But no, nah, I think, I do think that it's the, the, the opposites attract, right? Um, so I believe that, you know, people come and see your life, you know, like to say a reason, season, a lifetime, right? So, but there's a purpose that, 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 that you meet certain people, certain, like, my, mother, my mother's the same way. She's real laid back, but a lot of her friends are the type A personalities. Mm. So it's almost like we need those type A personalities to, to bring us out to say, listen, no, get up off your ass, light the fire on the ass and go do this. Because if not, we just going, you know, where I was at 19, just wandering. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think there's, a, you know, in a subconscious way, there is that a, that's the reason why there's the attraction to me to a type A personality. Consciously, I'm like, I don't want that type in my life. But subconsciously, it's like, I need, I need that. It. Yeah. I need it in my life. Because if not, I wouldn't have gotten the, 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 thing, the little things that I have accomplished in my life. I probably wouldn't have ha- had it if it wasn't for the, 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 the encouragement and, and the lightning under my ass from my wife. So I got to acknowledge that. So being with her for 14 years, I'm sure you've told her what you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's dope. 
That's dope. Because we're choosing these things, even where, even if we don't consciously know we're right. choosing them, and right. we don't use mm-hmm. the um, the discomfort from the choices right. as an opportunity to learn more about right. us. We actually use the discomfort sometimes mm-hmm. to be like, "Nah, that don't feel right." Right. And the cool thing about what I'm hearing, or at least what what I'm feeling based on what you're saying, is that you knew you weren't necessarily ready at 21. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your two beautiful kids from that, bro. Um, and you guys have started on a journey and a path to manifest the next level of mm-hmm. whatever that relationship is, man. Yeah. And but you, you fucking bought another ticket, right? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You you just said I want to get back on the ride, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, because I think that's important. I think you know when you we all kind of put this the perspective in, into one phase of it. Oh, you wasn't there as when they were at this stage. And it's like, you get older now, being 48, you know there's a whole nother stage to this life thing. Yeah. And when you're watching your children get older and they get into that 20, 20, you know, 25 range and you're like, okay, they going into that stage and now it's an opportunity. I may have missed that opportunity here, but I can start here and I can give them something that's, I still have something that's necessary for them. Yeah. You know, because you're like, the parent, bro. You got something to give. Yeah, yeah. But it's like we, we kind of tie the story into when they were small. Mm. You know, that's the, that's the battles of the, of, the, of the parents. You know, oh, you left me. And then the child grows up with this, oh, my parents wasn't there. You know, and then if you don't come back and reconnect at some point in, in the journey, especially before they, they get to a point, then you become the guy who just came back because they got successful. Yeah. And now they're looking at you like you're really a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, no, nah, don't come now. You know, so it's, 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 it's really being mindful and saying, okay, you know what? The game ain't over. You know, mm. it's maybe the third quarter, but it ain't, the double zeros ain't on the clock yet. Right. So let's get to it. You know what I'm saying? And do it, do and, and be in the capacity that you know that, you, that you're useful. That you, you know, at that point, you become, like I said, you're a guidance now to them in their, in their adult years. And you can, you're, you're even more qualified because now they're looking at it like, okay, if they're smart enough, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, Pops been through this, you know, or they, they mother been through this, or my auntie been through this. You know, the older people in their lives, they been through this. Yeah. So now, just like everybody else, be it the teacher, be it the auntie, be it the coach, be it as a father, that's your time. You're one of the main people that's got to be there. So how do you tell a, how do you tell, how do you tell a dude who got 13 year old who don't fuck with him? Mm. Because they, because he ain't in the house no more. Mm-hmm. He getting a divorce from his mm-hmm. mama. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you tell that dude that there's a place on the other side where you are when that daughter is now 25 mm-hmm. and there's a new opportunity? That you just gotta be. You just gotta stay in there. Stay in there. It's gonna be them years. They was you know. Them teenagers especially, you know, as my kids got into their teenage years, there was some dark days in there. You know, there was some, there was some times where 
They didn't, they didn't look at me favorably, you know, or at least for me, it, it felt that way. I could feel it, you know, and that's, and that, that fucks with your psyche even more. Like when you, when you, especially again, if you're a man of a certain type of mentality, it's going to fuck with you, you know? So when you, when, when you feel like your kids ain't fucking with you, yeah, there's a lot of, I just want to throw the towel in and it is what it is. And I'm not even saying that, like I said, I did the best at it, but I think it's just, for me, I always felt like, even then, I always felt like when they get older, when they you get even older. Felt, you felt that even then? Yeah. When they, I just held on to the hope. You know, you, nothing's guaranteed, right? But you just hope, like, at some point, they're going to get older. Because, and I kind of, I kind of, maybe it's because I had the reference frame reference with my, with my father. I felt like, I know that where I got to at a point that I could sit down with him in a different stage. So I felt like if my kids may not necessarily connect with me right now, or they may not you know, feel, the, feel those vibes right now, but at some point, if I'm the man who I know I am, I got a shot with them when they get on the other side of 18, on the other side of 20, when they get into their 20s and they 25 now, and they really get into this real life thing. I know I got something to offer them. You know what I'm saying? And if they're willing to, 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 to reciprocate, it's going to be beautiful. But it's, it, take, it, take, it take that just holding on to that hope and being consistent in it. Whatever little things you do do, just be consistent in it. Bro, that's so motherfucking moving. And uh, you're going to help people, man, with what you just said. Because that's a piece that... Um, That when you're in it, this person didn't have that example with their dad, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what's good that you could, that you could leverage that and, and then and then connect the dots and use that like mm-hmm. for relevancy in your own situation. But for somebody who don't have that, it's like they just still grasp it. Yeah. So just you, you saying that and dropping that mm-hmm. is, 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 is something for somebody to mm-hmm. hold on to mm-hmm. because they don't have it, bro. Right, right. And, they, and they're lost. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so thank you for that, man. I mean, and that goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. It's like just being able to see somebody that you know is going through your same struggle that makes you feel like I'm not alone. Because like I said, that feeling going through it, you can internalize it and feel like, I ain't shit, I ain't this, I ain't that. And then it becomes a negative speak. But if you can see somebody that, that's going through it, like, I, you know, I don't know what it gives, but, you know, spiritually and all that, but maybe that's what it is. It's just, it's, it's everything happens for a reason. It's like you need to be able to see somebody going through it to say, all right, if he could do it, I can do it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 the reason why we love the Kobe Bryant's and the you know and or the Muhammad Ali's or even the Mike Tyson's. We've seen we've seen the fail. Yeah, and we see them come back up. You know, that's what we 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 love the inspiration in that. You know, so it's like on a lower level, on everyday life level rather, it's like if I can see somebody that's just like me, that has my exact same story, then okay, that that gives me at least to get to me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. it's all about what gets you to the next day and gets you to the next week, gets you to the next month, and just to keep fighting. You know, I when I was going through it, listen, I, I thought it was it was gonna last forever. 
It felt that way. But it's like a person, you know, and I've never been to jail, thankfully. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, God will, I never have to, knock on wood. But it's like, I can't imagine going to jail and having, having to be in there, whether you're in there for a week or life, to think like, this is it. This is all that's going to be. And it's like, when you're going through that, that period of time, when your child is, when your children are in their teens and it's getting rocky and, you know, you calling and, you know, you could feel that they probably looked at the phone, didn't answer, you know, you know, or Father's Day, they, they, you, you get that, you get a text, you know, and you, you know, feels obligatory or they may call you and you could just feel and it, it hurts, right? But you're like, one day, one day. And that perseverance, man, is our mission as men and as fathers. And I think it's cool to feel like giving up, man. You just can't. Yeah. And I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you shared your story, bro. And um, and shout out to all the other fathers, man, who are going through it. Y'all all know who y'all are. Y'all yeah. know I know. And and our rule. Um, to communicate in the way that you have, bro, it's just, it's why, yeah. it's why I want to do this shit, bro. It really, mm -hmm. it really, it really truly is. I like fat asses, bro. Yeah. I like <laughs> women. I right. like right. talking shit. Right. I do enough of that behind the camera. Exactly. So, and I do that well. Right. This kind of shit, yeah. I'm trying to get yeah. better at doing, yeah. you know, yeah. and I want to, Invite people in on the process of what that looks like right. of being better, right. you know, because and there are, there are us as men, we're, we're, we're having these conversations, we're doing these things, we're sharing, we're getting frustrated, mm -hmm. we're fucking up, we're mm -hmm. getting it right. And then we get on TV or we get on the camera, we shine and be like, mm -hmm. hey, and yep. it's like, yep. nah, man, that yep. motherfucker got a whole thread, yep. a thread full mm -hmm. of fuck ups, yep. failures and perseverance yep. that we don't get to tap into. Exactly. And I, I want, I want, I want the most fucked up parts of us to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's why I want 4K. Mm -hmm. That's why I want the lighting. Mm -hmm. That's why I want the clarity. Because yep. I want our mm -hmm. shit to be clear. Right. Because there's beauty in making it through that shit, bro. Right. right. And and I don't know. I, I never know what's going to happen or how the conversations are going to go. I'll, 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 I'll gather a whole bunch of information. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just let the shit go. Right. I'll leave space, man, for the universe to move this shit the way it's mm -hmm. supposed to move. Mm -hmm. And um, and it always seems to work out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like I say, it's, this is like DJing. Like I always joke and I'm like, I don't never go into a set knowing what I'm going to play. And, and probably 90% of the time, maybe even higher than that, I probably go into a set not knowing if I'm going to be able to rock out to this crowd or on, on this stream or whatever it is. And thinking like this shit ain't gonna work tonight, and then I get in it, open the door, let God in, and the thing just goes, and it works itself out. Are your best sets when you say fuck it? Yeah, yeah. When you when you say fuck it, my best no. Well, my best sets in one sense are yes when I say fuck it, but 
my best sets are when the crowd is with me. Because when I feel when like the crowd's following you, not right. the other way around. Exactly. When the, when the crowd is following me and they're buying into what it is I'm doing, because there's a trust. Like as a DJ, I would say DJs and, and black comedians, you know, I feel like we're in the same boat. Because you show up, you know, unless you got a name, they like, oh, make me dance. Yeah. Make me laugh yeah. as a comedian. Entertain right? me. Right, entertain me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 90% of the time, I'm rolling my stuff in. I hear, oh, you the DJ? Then it becomes, you already know what, what time it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, oh, he the DJ, huh? We think he is. He ain't no Kid Capri. Yeah. He ain't no Jazzy Jeff. So now, by the, so, so I play the first song. I play, get my second transition. Then I start seeing some chair dances. I start seeing some head moves. Then I'm like, ah, all right. Now they start buying in. 20 minutes in, they rocking with me. An hour later, they rocking with me. Now, now them same people is like, all right, there it is. Where we going? Right. Then that's And you can the, take them anywhere. And then you can take them anywhere. Like, I'm, I'll never forget, I, and the most envious I've ever been of another DJ. I went to a bar, it was in D.C., Capitol Hill one night. My wife, she, I don't go to bars, but she likes to go to bars, so I'm going to the bar. I don't even drink, like we talked about earlier. Right, right. But the DJ's in there, and he's rocking, he's rocking. And he throws on um, Pink Cadillac by Aretha Franklin. Who's the DJ? I forget the name. This is like 15 years ago at this okay. point, right? He throws on Pink Cadillac. Now, at that time... At the moment, the way he threw it in there, he only threw it in there because he had the crowd. Mm-hmm. He was rocking, he's rocking, and when he threw it in there, it almost felt like he was like, yeah, I got y'all now, boom. And the energy in the crowd was like, oh! And you know, any DJ, that's what you want. That's what you live for. So when you start throwing stuff up like that, you like Curry now, you just throwing up anything and you know what's going in. Man, I was out somewhere <laughs> one time I think the craziest thing I dropped, bro, when I had them, and it was uh, Nina Simone's Strange Fruit. Mm. See, see, <laughs> see, stuff like that. You like, see, you know, people just playing the game at a whole different level. Because <laughs> it, it was like, I had them. them. Right. But I knew, because it was weird, because I was talking to somebody, talked to me the uh, minute after mm-hmm. or the next day. And they were like, you were into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was like, we had a real good time. Everybody was doing good. He said, but uh, when you played that Nina Simone's Strange Fruit, she said somebody next to her was like, oh. What? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I did it on purpose. I didn't give a fuck. Because I, yeah. I knew where I wanted to go with yeah. it. Because it was a down south set, too. Mm. And I went from that to, uh, I went from that To Kanye's Blood on the Leaves because that got Perfect. the Down for Perfect. My Niggas yeah, sample. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to Down for My Down for My Niggas. Yeah. And I because I just played the beginning yeah. part of the part where he's saying, I don't know in my mind now. Mm-hmm. So that was it. But I I knew where I wanted to go, but I was like, well, fuck it, let me just go here. And I started at the beginning. Southern yeah. tree. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it. Cause it was hot. Anyway, yeah. I know the I I got you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that shit though. Yeah, I don't know how I sidetracked it into DJ and I. I nah, because you it 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 all plays in, yeah. man. Yeah, nah, I think um. Anything you do, man, it's like you just, especially when you have an idea of what it is you're trying to do, and you know there's a chance that 
if I take this road, it's going to be an unorthodox road, but I know I want to go there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, if I could just get people to follow it, like, this shit would be beautiful. You know, and I think that's, that's like I said, whether it's, whether it's the conversations that we have, you know, on a podcast or a DJ set or whatever the case is, it's like, that's the mentality when you, when you have the um, artistic perspective of it. Like, I know what I want to give. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I always want to know if somebody gets it. And that was the part of the, the reason why I thought it was important to always let you know from the first time I seen y'all doing this, I was like, no, I got to let them know. Mm. Like, even if, because I know what it's like, you know, you put, you start, you do a stream, like when I stream on Twitch and there's five people in there, you know, and you feel like, well, shit, what am I doing this for? What am I doing it for? You know, but to, and then when somebody texts you or DMs you and says, listen, I was down today, you know, and what you, your set really helped a lot. You're like, just that one person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That acknowledgement. It made you feel like, all right, this was worth it. And bro, you were the first person. You were literally the first person to just say, I see y'all, man, and I fuck with what y'all doing. Yeah. And yeah. that and that literally meant everything to me, bro. Like everything. Because this unorthodox role mm-hmm. was deliberate. Yeah. And I know that it's paved with rocks mm-hmm. and boulders and all of that shit. But that's just what the that's what the first street is. Mm-hmm. The next one's gonna be a lot smoother. These kind of relationships make you disturbed when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to 